this guy was walking through to his seat. He's coming in that late. And I had my popcorn on the ground and he steps directly on the popcorn when the theater is like completely silent. And he says two words to me. He says, my bad. And keeps walking during the like most emotional part. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Question at Hand. Uh, today, we're going to be doing a bit of a, a decade rewind. We're going to go over um, probably our, our favorite movies is probably going to be the main thing that we're going to hit on. But, I mean, we may, talk about, thing. we may talk about some other stuff as well. I think the movies may take literally like... That's the problem. The movies may take like a solid hour, at least, like just by itself, because you know we're all going to talk about them. Um, but before we get into that, uh, we went and watched 1917. Yeah. And it was incredible. I, very, I legitimately don't understand how they filmed that movie and made it look that way. Like All in one shot. But besides that, it wasn't just the cinematography or the camera as a gimmick. It was just a good story. Oh, yeah. And extremely well done overall. Extremely well done. There's not a point, like a part in it where I could go like, eh, they could have done a little better. Like When you think about it, you're like, no, they couldn't have done better. Yeah, There's no way. I, I feel like the way that they shot it, where it's that one can, it seems like, and it, know that they, it's not possible to film it like that, but where at least it seems like it is one continuous shot the entire movie. Like, that's insane, first of all. But second, it, like, you're so invested in, like, the movie, like, once you get to, like, halfway after they've, like, left the camp and made their You don't journey, want to take your eyes off of anything. You're, you're like, like, what's about to. Dude, what the heck? And then they had, like, little twist in there where it like made it really intense and then it would kind of like resolve itself and then there'd be like another really intense moments and it'd yeah. be really intense yeah and it was, just, it was very very good very good if you have not gone to see 1917 yet i highly recommend that you go for sure it was very good christian do you have any input on 1917 i will in a second <laughs> what foreshadowing well it's in my list do you mean to talk about it then Okay, I didn't put it in my list. Yeah, I didn't put it in mine. I consider it as a 2020 movie, but That's by fine. all means, if you want to put it, I in I did your this list. by Oscars voting. Yeah, I mean that's fine. So, uh, who wants to go first? We can just get right into our our favorite movies of the decade, 2010 to 2019. <sighs> this is tough. This is very tough. Oh. oh. We need to discuss methodology. I mean, Ryan yeah. goes first. How did so, you? How did you come up on your my, decisions? My uh, my methodology was, I don't remember when movies came out, so, so you had to look I, them up. I looked them up and I found an article. I believe it was from Rotten Tomatoes that was like top two hundred movies of the two thousand tens, and uh, I went through and looked at all of them and said, "Hey, yeah, I really enjoyed that movie," so I wrote it down. <laughs> And then I went through and said, yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. I have one that, like, if some of my, like, really good friends, and you guys may know this as well, but, like, my sister and, like, Ginny uh, would probably say that um, one of these movies is 
by far my favorite because I've watched it like a thousand times. But that's a good indicator. I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily my my number one movie. Yeah, and so. I think when we're doing it, I'm not. I can't place any like individual ranking on it. Yeah, I it's mean, just like. These are my five. Five favorite, yeah. And I mean, I think I have some honorable mentions as well as you probably do. Yeah, I do, for sure. Because he has like this entire list of his. So, uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about your methodology, Braxton? Um, Basically, I went through, um, looked at the lists of movies from each year. And then I slowly started, you know, making just a general list. But at the same time, I made a list of like what I thought was like my favorite movie from each year. So some years it's like, all these movies sucked. (laughs) And then some years it's like, there's five of them that are like the best ever. Yeah. But you have to pick one. But that's not how I ultimately did it. I made it like a list of like 10 of just pure favorite, no year based. Um, And then I picked five out of those 10 to be my favorite and then five to be honorable mentions. But uh, to me, it's basically um, after I got done watching it, you kind of get that feeling of like, now this is something that, like this reminds me of like the movies. Like when you think of like, what is just a good movie? And also like you were kind of talking about rewatchability is a big factor for me. Rewatchability is like my number one thing. Like I could go see a great movie, but if I don't watch it again, then did I really enjoy it as much as I think I did? Mm -hmm. Like if it, if it, when it comes out, if I'm not like, I need to watch that like immediately, then I mean, sure. Right. Did I enjoy it? doesn't it? mean it's not yeah. good, but does, is it then good. elevated to great, right? Which yeah. is kind of... Yeah, as in like your personal, like I hold this to a higher regard than this other movie. Yes. Yeah. And something me and Christian were kind of talking about before the podcast was that with these lists, what's interesting is it kind of comes down to you usually get a good mix of movies that are objectively good, but also because it's an individual list, there's subjective stuff of like, I like this movie for no other reason then it just speaks to me personally, or I think it's really funny, or I love this actor. But you're, you know, so it, it evens it out between like general consensus of what is good mixed with what does this person enjoy? So it kind of comes out. Yeah. In the wash that way. Yeah. All right, Christian, what you got in terms of your ranking system? So my senior year at UT. I came up with another hobby because I had a roommate who loved to watch movies. And I was like, you know, this is really cool. I want to come up with a system where I can start entering movies into this Excel sheet, ranking them on all these different, you know, categories. And then it will come up with this composite score. And, you know, I just want to kind of semi-review these movies, rank them, figure out what all my favorites are, and so it became a hobby. Your mic did just cut out. That happened for real. Is it plugged in good? I thought that was happening earlier. I'll just hold it like this. And so it became a new hobby. And my categories are that I rank on for 1 to 10. However... Let it be noted that seven, to me, is industry standard. So it's really hard to it's go like below that. like a C in the, school. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. It's it's hard to go below that um, unless it's just 
very poorly done. Which sometimes that does happen. So yeah, if if you just put out a movie and don't make it suck, you will get at least a seven to me because I love films, love being entertained. It's not hard to entertain me. Yeah. It's just do you go that extra step? Yeah. Well, nowadays it's kind of just like this movie is like the best thing ever, or like this movie is the bane of humanity's existence. Yeah. It's like no, most movies are just kind of okay. They're somewhere they're yeah. good enough in the middle. Um, so my categories are acting, cinematography, which I place a huge <laughs> weight in, um, in terms of my enjoyment. Scoring, also a big deal to me. Pacing, dialogue, which isn't always relevant or in this case not the best determining factor of yeah. a good movie sometimes. Um, storyline and then memorability. I'm thinking about adding a few more because there are some movies tied in terms of composite score. Right. That I would like to set up a tiebreaker for. Um, still trying to decide what those are, but that's just the rating yeah. system I have. So I'll divide those up and then you will get usually... Somewhere between mid sevens to high eights, usually. Yeah. There are a few above nine. My highest movie is 9.57. Sorry, 9.71. My lowest is (laughs) 4.71. I'm now up to 47 films reviewed with this system. Nice. But there are a lot of movies that I really want to see. Oh, yeah. That I know would be very high on this list. Yeah, and that's kind of the problem with some of these lists too. Like, I know there's stuff that's going to be on your list that I haven't seen, but I know if I had seen them, I'm sure they would appear somewhere on my list. Mm-hmm. But I can't put them on there because I haven't seen them. But we know? also like the same movies. Yeah, there's so, there's some carryover, you know, or some. Anyway, uh, if I tell you to watch a movie, it won't be a miss. And if you tell me to watch a movie, it's never a miss. Right. Yeah. For sure. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm uh, very picky about my movies. So we'll see. Anyway, who wants to go first? Well, don't everybody uh, I can, I guess. Okay, so <clears throat> I think we should each do just our pure five and then we'll go back around and do honorable mentions, or do you think I should do five and then do my I'll, I'll do both. How I'll many do both. are you guys doing for honorable do mentions? Uh, five. But I, I can do a few have, more, too. I don't even have five. Could we give, like, other guilty pleasure movies that might not be right up there? Yeah, sure. The top five, but... Yeah. Okay. And I think that's kind of what honorable mention is. It's like, it doesn't have anything to carry it over the top, but it would be really hard to not say anything about it. Uh-huh. You know? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> All right, Braxton, let's hear your list, buddy. All right. Looking forward to this one. <laughs> They're honestly extremely predictable, to be honest. It's the honorable mentions are where it gets interesting, but okay. So my top five in no particular order are um, uh, Bad Times at the Oriel. I really, really liked it just because of the music and the actors who were in it and not so much the story, but just the overall like vibe but the it. story was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the story was I good. I haven't seen Bad Times at the El Royale. But um, so I think that's kind of what appeals to me is like what overall like 
feeling do I get when I watch it, which is also, you're going to see a pattern here of kind of what I like. Um, Interstellar, 2014. Um, it was just really good. I don't know. It was just good. <laughs> I know we joke Next about movie, it all the time on the podcast. It was just good. All right. Here comes another uh, good meme shirt idea for Braxton. It was just good. It was just good. <laughs> Why do you like? It was just good, man. It was just no, good. It, the, my memory from that is walking out of the theater with like my uh, my friend, and we were like, you know, we went in at, like six or something, and we left at like nine. And so when we came out of the theater, we were joking like, "How long were we in there? Like, how <laughs> much time?" You know, joking about like relativity and stuff, and yeah. like that's the first movie, besides being all the cool space stuff that brought up the concept of you know, time is relative <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. That's a good one. That this has been my favorite uh, newer Star Wars movie was Rogue One. Um, the in space battle is really what like did it for me with just the editing of it, and um, I don't know, it just worked really really well, and we got to see it with like our whole like crew basically in college, so that. Memory is kind of attached to it. Um, Hell or High Water. I don't know if y'all saw I that. I've seen that one. Um, it's the same dude who made uh, Wind River and Sicario. Is that the one about the Texas Rangers? Um, no, that's Highwaymen. Jeff Bridges plays a Texas Ranger. And um, okay, is it... Chris? I don't even know who it is now. Maybe it's Chris Pine. I don't remember now. Him and his brother play like... A, small town like bank robbers and it's just it's setting in west texas which any movie kind of set or centered around texas is always extremely appealing to me and it the, just the way it was made um and how it kind of shot the west texas desert and kind of the themes of that like the past and the present was really good and finally uh once upon a time in hollywood that is my last one I love uh, period movies. I'm not huge on Tarantino, but I think this is his best movie. We still need to watch that. Did you see it won Best Picture at the Critics? Choice I did. Awards? Yeah. And I was very happy. It was a huge <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Because it's good, but it's like you wouldn't think it would. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now rapid fire. These are my honorable mentions, basically in my top 10, essentially. Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Inside Lewin Davis, Coen Brothers movie about a folk singer, Mad Max Fury Road, because that kind of just has to be on the list, uh, the Lego movie, because it was way better than it had a right to be, and Edge of Tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, we have some overlapping movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's solid. That's a solid list. Yeah. Christian, you want to go next? You want me to go next? Um, I'll go next. So, according to my system, and also according to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> you can't just rely on the numbers. These are my top five films. Of the 2010s. Um, number five. Might be a surprise. 
but it was a Best Picture nominee. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, coming in at number five. Okay. Have either of you seen that movie? No. No. Okay. I was... This movie may have surprised me more than any other. It's got the surprise factor. Yeah. What is that about? It's loosely based on a true story uh, where there was a woman murdered in, I think it's the town of Vider, Texas, near Beaumont. Um, The only thing I know about Vider is that... Racism? Yeah. It's still... It like has KKK activity and stuff. Um, but there was a murder that took place and the girl's family decided to start putting up billboards asking the local police department why nothing was being done to solve that. So, um, yeah, this story, it's in a fictional town in, in Missouri. And it's a mother whose daughter is murdered, and she just puts up these three billboards outside of the town asking the sheriff why nothing is being done. And he and his guys don't really like being called out like that. And so it's like the conflict between Between this mother and them. And it is really good. Peter Dinklage is in it, and he's really good in it. Um Won a, f- won a few awards. Just a good movie. Number four might be a little bit more predictable. Prior to... I, that doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say prior to this year. Oh. It was number yeah. two. But prior to two years ago, it was number two. The Revenant. Okay. This movie was... Really big deal to me when it came out. I saw it. I thought it was incredible. And for the longest time, that opening one Mm. shot scene was probably my favorite scene ever filmed. I think it's a really good movie. Uh, Number three. And Bears. Yeah, and Bears. Number three. It's great. Slight surprise, but we should. (laughs) (laughs) Bad times at the El Royale. Yes. When you took me to see this movie, I was not You're sure like, what to expect. Okay. I thought the trailer was really cool, but this took me in a completely different direction to where I thought that movie was going. Number two, I'm including this in 2019 because uh, right. it is in the 2019 Oscars nominations. 1917. Mm-hmm. I went into this one thinking it was pretty good. They've done a great job marketing it. I was, you know, it's it's right. hard to make a bad war movie just because of the emotion that you don't really have to work for right not um, to say that it comes ready-made but yeah it's, you know it's, it's already got weight to it immediately basically. yeah it, just when i watch a movie a lot of times i'll be thinking how is the director and like the dop pulling this off with the cameras what does the scene probably look like and in 1917 i could not figure any of that out so oh my goodness and that, besides that it pulls you into where you, you stop thinking about it yeah, that, it, that movie is just masterfully made. A lot of people say there's no, like, there's not enough character development for me. I thought it's in the same vein of Dunkirk to where it's a stylistic choice and it almost doesn't matter. There's enough to keep you interested in the story, but if it's taking place over eight hours, you know, it's a weird argument. That how there's much no character, character development? And, like, have you seen any war movie? 
Yeah, how much the can same a exact thing happens in in <laughs> really eight hours. Yeah. Um, number one, no surprise, this movie <laughs> seriously impacted me more than anything else I've ever seen. Interstellar. I got kids, Professor. So. <laughs> oh, wait, wrong button. Yep. I saw this. <laughs> I saw this at the IMAX south of campus Ooh. on the biggest screen in Texas. Yeah. And going into it, I had seen the, the trailer once, like three months before. And it was where they just said, we need to save Earth. And so I was like, oh, cool. Matthew McConaughey is an astronaut. They're going to try to bring people to a different planet. The movie is completely the, different than the trailer. The movie is <laughs> a one eighty from from the trailer's the like marketing. the first like one sixteenth of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, it, you know, I don't know if I would have liked it as much if it wasn't in IMAX. It was so loud and terrifying with the scenes that were designed like to be the terrifying. spinning like satellite thing. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And. I d- I had no clue. I I try not to get in any spoilers, but uh, I had no clue. Dude, this movie's been out for six years. Yeah, but there are a lot of people who have not seen it. Oh well. <laughs> I just don't like to give stuff away when people are like, "Oh, I wanted to." I went to do experience it the same way I did. With right. No, right. no, I was going in, but I didn't know there would be the whole family dynamic to right. the story that actually ends up being that main plot mm-hmm. a lot of people say it's a space movie it's really not a space no movie at all most movies set in space are not really about space at all yeah star wars for instance exactly it's a fan it's high fantasy and but it's also in space that that movie got me i was tearing up this is a funny story that i'll always always have with interstellar i was tearing up in the middle when he returns from the wave planet mm-hmm and the screens in front of him and his kids pop up. So you cried when he cried. I was I was I was tearing up at that part. And I I rarely tear up in like emotional parts. Mm-hmm. It's usually a shot that like for some reason I tear mm-hmm. up. There's like a beautiful shot on the screen. Sometimes. And then this guy was walking through to his seat. He's coming in that late. <laughs> and I had my popcorn on the ground and he steps directly on the popcorn <laughs> when the theater is like completely silent and he says two words to me he says my bad and keeps walking <laughs> during the like most <laughs> emotional part the, the, the theater is McConaughey silent. blubbering and then <laughs> yep so <laughs> that saved me from crying the first time right right then the, the little movie, break in a verse. <laughs> the movie would go on and then the hospital scene at the end that twist yeah. And the score? Everything. It's just good. It's just, you know, it's just good, right? It's, it's, it's just, just good, good man. <laughs> there, are, there are two schools of thought when it comes to Interstellar. There are the people who are like, it's not terrible, but, you know, it was just another movie that came out. And then there are the people who think it's the greatest movie ever made. And there's, no, there's nothing in between. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best movie that Nolan has made. And I, I'm, I'll be surprised if he makes a better one. In just my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, no, yeah, no movie has impacted me more. Now everything works together flawlessly from like the score. I think Interstellar is really good. Oh my goodness! But it's still not in my top ten. Right? <laughs> I yeah. Everyone has different. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I don't think it's very good. I just it's not something I just watch all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. At the end of it, it's got to have that 
like you're talking about, it's got to have that deeper, like there's something about this that I like. I yeah. can't, ex- you, you, sometimes you can't even explain why. You're just like, I like this. Everyone, it everyone at, in that theater, it was a sellout crowd. No one was leaving after the movie. They just yeah. sat there and you you heard either people crying or they would just sit there. No one left for a few minutes after. And I have never experienced that mm-hmm. with a movie before. Even like war films and stuff. I've never experienced that. I've heard people clap after a movie. Right. I've never heard people just sit there silently crying and everyone's sitting there and like not knowing what to think. Then I did not think I was ever going to see that movie again because I said it's not going to do it justice if I watch it on a small screen. Oh, uh, yeah. And if I'm not completely immersed in that world, then that IMAX theater did something that they called like Nolan Week. I don't mm-hmm. know if they do it every year or if it was just leading up to that, like maybe. a year and a half later. But they said, yeah, we're bringing back all the Nolan films. And so I got tickets and I saw it two more times during that week. <laughs> but I did not, I was not going to let myself see it again. I was like, this yeah. one time was so perfect and ideal. I'm not going to have a movie experience like that again. And I feel bad for everyone who did not see it in theaters. I fell asleep the first time we watched. You did, it. <laughs> oh bro. I was so tired, and it was I know, dark and comfy. As soon as we came in, I was like, "You're about to fall asleep," because I could tell you're like, "I was wiped, man." I was very tired. All right, okay. Let's hear. Do you it. have some honorable mentions that you wanted to talk about before I go into mine? Um, I've got two guilty pleasure movies. Okay, so these are not in the top ten, even. Right, but based on this system, but they're two movies that I kept watching over and over again. I saw both of these um, three times the first week they came out. Number one is Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. 2014. I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I think we saw it a couple of times. I kept going to see it. It's the best video game movie ever made. Yeah. That's not about a v- yeah current prop- an actual property. Uh-huh. So it was Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> so... I kept seeing the same movie, which is funny because in that movie, the same thing keeps happening. (laughs) (laughs) And Tom Cruise has done so many really good movies, but I think this is my favorite favorite. one. You kind of know what you're getting with Tom Cruise. This is the first one where I was like, this is actually above expectations. When you go into Mission Impossible, you're like, you know what what to expect. Yeah. Number two was Split. Mm. See, I haven't Night seen Shyamalan. any of those. I also saw that one three times in the first week. I just liked mm-hmm. the twists in it so much. And uh, this doesn't give anything away, but there's a guy who has kind of a multiple personality disorder. Yeah. But he'll cycle through. Yes, yes. And so the trailer makes it look like a couple of these are, are bad personalities, almost like serial killer type personalities and there are others that are just like it would be like a female professor right and he would cycle through and the acting in that movie from james mcavoy right is naturally it's gonna be it's insane man love that movie so those are my two guilty pleasure movies of the 2010s good cool well i'll get into mine uh so my uh, probably my top honestly Mm -hmm. uh is bohemian rhapsody Interesting. And, uh, dude, I freaking love Queen. I've watched that movie so many times now. It's uh it's incredible. Um 
man. And just like the acting is insane in that movie. Like especially that uh like end um concert. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch the movie and the actual concert side by side, it's like identical. Like they freaking nailed it. It's an, that's cool. It's, it's insane. I haven't seen it, but I I need to see it. Uh, and then uh, anything Marvel is uh, on my list at, at some point. I love Marvel movies. Um, probably some of my top are Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is one I really mm-hmm. liked. Um, the Avengers movies are up there yeah. for sure the first Avengers uh, movie is really really good the first Avengers movie is really good um, but an end game like that final scene where everybody comes back is just like one of the greatest moments yeah. ever but in terms of like an entire movie uh, my number two is Avengers Infinity War I actually really liked Infinity War it was like all of the like culmination mm-hmm. of like what the movies had built up with the infinity stones and everything. And, uh, that like went through the last several stones very quickly. And then you have this gigantic battle at the end and you like think they're about to win. And then then, they don't. And you're like, Holy crap. Like that was one of those movies where at the end, I literally sat there and was like, you've got to be kidding me, dude. Like, yeah, that that was surprising. I don't even know what to think. Um, so Bohemian Rhapsody is 2019, Avengers Infinity War 2018. Uh, my number three uh, is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. I thought about that because in looking, I've seen Harry Potter, but I'm still not a big Harry Potter guy. I love but Harry Potter. when I saw that... I'm, a, I'm that, probably a bigger Harry Potter guy than I am a Star Wars guy. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, seeing that those came out like in like 2010, 2011, I was like, oh yeah. Like that's I crazy because I think that. that they're like back there, yeah. but it took them like years and years to make eight, eight movies. movies. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like that one's so. I good. think that's I deserving quote, to be on I've the watched, list. To be I've honest. watched part two so many times. I think I've watched part two more than I've watched all the other movies combined. It's interesting. It's so freaking good, dude. Mm. I can quote like. 90% of the movie and I haven't seen it in a while so I could say it'd yeah. probably be higher than that but I, it's been a, it's been a minute um, but yeah dude I'm just a huge Harry Potter fan uh, I never really read the books I've read like the first two or three um, but I never finished reading them I'm not a big reader mm-hmm. so uh, but I do dude like I love me a good Harry Potter weekend marathon um, and then my number four movie is Split mm. it's incredibly good nice we do have some overlap <laughs> on both that's pretty cool and they're yeah. not movies that you would think right i really liked split um i thought that one was was a really good movie and that was one of the first in fact i think it is the first thriller that i ever went and watched um because i i always like compared thrillers to horror movies i guess and i don't watch horror movies like at all yeah um yeah i'm kind of the same way do not watch them, whatever. Like, no heckin' way am I watching a dang horror movie. And uh, my girlfriend at the time talked me into it. She was like, hey, I really want to go see this movie. Let's go see it. And uh, I reluctantly said, okay, but uh, if there's, like, a bunch of jump scares, I'm gonna, I might I might just walk out. And she's like, okay, whatever, that's fine. Um, so we're sitting there and, uh, like, Every time that I thought there was going to be a jump scare, because it like builds the tension up, and then 
the scene switches and it goes to something else. And I'm like, this movie's going to give me a freaking heart attack while I'm sitting here in the theater. Oh man. And it was like, that's one that I like after I, after it was over, I was like, that movie was incredible. Like I would definitely watch that a whole lot more. Like it that's was, cool. And it's it interesting. It's like the, your, your journey of, bro, I don't like this. Bro, this I, is like too the intense. whole time I'm and like, then, full body clinch like yeah. i'm about to pass out because i'm so <laughs> freaking tense and uh yeah man it was just it was so good and what i didn't realize at the time was that it was the second of like a three that were all yeah. kind of interwoven um and i had not i still have not seen the first one i don't know is it called uh, what unbreakable it's unbreakable split some... and glass oh yeah, yeah yeah and so glass is the one where Every they're like all three in this same spot basically, and they all kind of meet up. Um, but yeah, like I didn't realize that at the time. But Glass was also extremely good. But Split is one of those that like redefined my like genre of yeah, thriller yeah. movies, um, which I thought was really cool because then I watched things like A Quiet Place, which is also a thriller, and I really like A Quiet Place. I did not go watch it in theaters because. Um, I wasn't sure about it because yeah. you know how quiet that whole movie is because of the you know the whole plot. Uh, if you haven't watched it, go watch Quiet Place. It's incredible. You hear every there's piece of popcorn. A, there's going to be a second one coming out for a Quiet Place, um, and it yeah. almost looks like, for the trailer anyway, it looks like it explains when that these monsters came to Earth and like started wreaking havoc on everybody, and then it looks like it picks up after the first movie uh, so right it's, it's a little like, bit of it's like a flashback and, and then it, like the rest of the movie it looks like is going to be after which is very very cool a quieter place they should have called it a quieter place that would uh, yeah that would have been good but it's just quiet place too unfortunately um also the part two is kind of the tradition with like some horror movies too yeah. you know yeah i i'm not a horror movie person like when we went to go watch 1917 there was a preview on that was for some like horror movie where they're in that house and she's like the nanny and the kids are like freaking her out. Yeah, that was not. I like about the dude for Stranger Things kid who like kills a fish. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, it wasn't even like the fish that was the problem. It's just like, dude, that one freaked me out, and that's not one I'm gonna go see. But I do want to go see the Invisible Man though. Okay, yeah, that one looked really good. <laughs> I don't know what to think about that one. Is that a horror movie or a thriller? Because if it's a thriller, I, it's a I might both. be down to watch it. If it's a horror movie, I don't know about it much. It's in between. I just don't like paranormal like activity kind of stuff. Yeah, but it's not. It's Mad Scientist where they have he all makes the himself invisible, contorted people, and I don't know with yeah. a machine. Yeah, I thought the Invisible Man looked like a pretty solid, solid movie. I was like, hmm, and that, it's based on old school good. stuff. Yeah. The Invisible Man was one of the original Universal Monsters along with uh, Frankenstein, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Huh. That's cool. Um, so, my number five movie, which is, you're probably going to be very surprised about, is Angry Birds. What? <laughs> okay. So, Angry Birds Turn probably... off. Angry, <laughs> Angry Birds probably could have been my number one movie. Oh, that's a good one. What is so funny? I'm, oh. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so Angry no, no, Birds explain, honestly explain. probably could have been my number one movie. And uh, I don't understand why, but um, I went to see it in theaters with my mom and my two little cousins. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny, man. Like that movie is super funny. Um, there's just like all these little nonsensical things that I 
pick up on and think are just like super funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like my sister has a video of me somewhere, I'm sure of me going to the zoo because angry birds, you know, there's the red one. He's the main character of like the entire thing. And then he's got the bomb and he's got <laughs> the, um, the fast one. That's the yellow yeah. guy. And, uh, then there's the mighty Eagle, which they introduced in one of the games, but like this whole thing leads up to them going to see mighty Eagle and do whatever. And, uh, on the way up the mountain, this is one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie. They're hiking up the mountain and they're like, I wonder what Mighty Eagle Call sounds like. And so they start doing all this weird stuff. And then one of them goes, Hi, you, ha! And then it ends up, that's what they use to call him at uh, the end of the movie. And he's like, The Mighty Eagle Call. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they hike up this mountain and they're doing all these crazy sounds and stuff. And then they get up there and they look across and they're like, Whoa, look, there it is. And they're on the wrong mountain. <laughs> but it's just like little dumb stuff like yeah. that that makes it super funny. And the second one I th- also really enjoyed. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know why I like that so much. I mean, I enjoyed playing Angry Birds back in the day, but I just love the movie. Right. It's movie, not that that made you the movie like it. It's the... fantastic. It's so funny. Um, have you seen it? No. Okay. We should watch it one day because I feel like you guys would enjoy it. Like it's. It's a solid movie, and I might be building it up like Christian does right. with some of the stuff that I'm kind of <laughs> disappointed with whenever we watch it. Right. You but, don't want uh, too much of a build-up. Yeah, I'm going to try not to because I want you to just be able to watch it and enjoy it, and like, dude, that was one of my favorite movies. Um, and then my honorable mentions, uh, so I am... Cars is probably my favorite Pixar movie, like by far, and Cars 2 was horrible. Yep. Cars 3, though... Was, was good. really good. So 2017 Cars 3 is one of my honorable mentions. Cool. Um, I also really enjoyed Finding Dory because I, didn't I see also Finding love Finding Nemo. Like I can quote like the entire movie of Finding Dory. Um, I'm a big Pixar person mm-hmm. and like Disney movies are okay, but like Pixar wise, that's, that's my jam, yeah. dude. I watch so many freaking Pixar movies. Um, so Finding Dory uh, is one of my honorable mentions. Probably could have made my top five if there weren't so many good movies uh, in this last decade that I enjoyed anyway. Um, one of my on- my honorable mentions is Crazy Stupid Love, which I don't know if you've seen that. It's like a... Which kinda, one is that? It's kind of a rom-com. It has Ryan Gosling, um, Steve Carell. Oh, yeah, I have seen that. It's actually... It's good. I it's love good. that movie, dude. It's, it's, it's a good one. Um, that one's 2011. And then... Uh, I didn't really think about this one, but uh, I really like Jurassic Park um, and that scene in Jurassic World where they go and find like the old Jurassic Park Jeep. That is was one of my favorite scenes because I, for a long time, wanted to paint my Jeep with the Jurassic Park number 18 car. Yeah. Which might happen at some <laughs> point, but it probably won't Somewhere happen. Somewhere down the road. Yeah, but I don't want it to be like on a newer style Jeep. I want it to be like a... On the real, on a like, real like... 1993 19... Jeep. <laughs> I don't remember what year it is. It's probably like 92 because the I movie it... came out in 93. Maybe. I don't know. I thought it was like 87. It might be. He says it in the movie what year it is. Mm-hmm. He said, oh my gosh, it's a blah, blah, blah Jeep Wrangler Sand Beige. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what year it is, but yeah, I didn't think about that one because it just didn't cross my mind. But I really I like dinosaurs a lot, and uh, it's hard to beat dinosaurs. That Jurassic World movie was really good. 
Um, and one that I uh, had wanted to watch but did not for a while um, that is on, I think it's on Prime Video now, that I've watched uh, a number of times here lately is No Strings Attached, which is 2011. Um, I don't think I've seen that. It's like a... It's got Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. And Friends with Benefits came out like the next year or the year before. It was the exact same thing. Those double movies that came out, you know, that happens sometimes. What what did you say? What was the other one? Friends with Benefits. Friends with Benefits. Was that a different... Were those different actors there? Yeah, but it's like the same plot. A lot of times, if you notice, know. some I've movies come out in too, pairs. Because this one's the one with Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. But they both came out in 2011. They're both rom-coms. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what. Isn't that weird, though? I think this one, they started out as friends, though. I don't know. Because this one, they're already friends. And then they... Add the benefits mm-hmm. and no strings attached. Um, they basically just keep it a casual thing. Yeah. And they eventually evolve it into where they like fall in love with each other. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That one's one of my, uh, my favorites. So I think that's, uh, I think that's my list. I mean, I'm sure I could add like another 50 movies to that. Oh, I know. Dude, condensing it down. And there's to like tons of movies. The top like, five is is so hard. And I know only I like. And even though it's a good movie, it's not great. You know? Yeah. I didn't base it, mine it on has to be like what other people think about movies either. So like Angry Birds. Like who likes Angry Birds? Well see, it was, to me, me it's like because I think it's stuff <laughs> like the disaster artist. You know, the movie about the making of the room that James Franco made. Like I really enjoyed it. But it was like, it was okay. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. not going to rewatch it. But I'm extremely glad it was made. And I'm, I was very satisfied by the movie. But it's not, it's hard to put it on any lists. And there's a lot that kind of exists in that middle space, you know? Yeah, I was trying to think, uh, were there any like really, really good football movies? Because I like football movies. I don't know. I feel like there's been kind of a... So I could I be wrong. Hasn't there been kind of a lack of sports movies one, this decade as opposed to other ones? Was Wood, Woodlawn, is that football? I think so. And then there was one that I remember watching with uh, my dad and maybe my mom too. So Woodlawn, I think we saw, yeah, my sophomore year of college on a trip. Um, whenever we went for one of our games, we saw that one as a team. And I remember that one was really, really good. Um, I really liked, I really liked watching Woodlawn. Um, and then there was another one that's about like a cross country team. Oh McFa- yeah. Is it McFarland USA? That's that what, what it was. It's called? Yeah. That one was also very, very good, man. That movie, that movie's very good. I was very impressed with McFarland, but I mean, there's just so many, like we watched, like I, I saw, um, when on that list, it showed like. Ford versus Ferrari, which I went and saw with my dad a couple weeks like before Christmas. Um, See, I, I forgot I about that both movie. My parents, both my parents went. It was good, dude. That movie was in- incredible, and the reason it didn't make my list, like, because I really like, I used to play racing video games all the mm-hmm. time, so I like racing movies. We used to watch NASCAR and stuff when I was little, so I like racing is always something that I've I've enjoyed like watching, and that movie was extremely well done. Oh yeah, but I could have done the best ones, but I, what. 
like makes me. I'd watch it up until like the last five minutes. <laughs> okay, uh, I get what you're saying, but I also don't understand the argument because that really happened. I know it did, but what <laughs> did that have to do with the movie? Well, it it did because it's like I don't know. It just did. It's all. It's part of his journey as a character. Yeah, I know, but. But, could, it, but it's tough. You could have finished it with like them walking away and then having some scene that wasn't him dying. Yeah. And it would have been perfect. Like I would have definitely, I probably would have put that in my top five. But the way it ended was like, I just sat there in the theater like, why the frick did they put that in? Like that movie, like I understand it happened and I understand like you could have said, in there, and I, I will give you. I will give you this on like it, a text at the end. It could have been a piece of text. Yeah, and you could have said it could have been he, a piece of text. He died during a he died the next a training year. A- accident. Yeah, like you could have said that, and he you could have said that he never went on to win, but like to show that and have that be the last scene of the movie. Basically, yeah. I mean, there's only like one scene after well, that. I'll tell you this what was it was less important sorry for spoiling that (laughs) his actual death scene that could have not been left out but what I think was more important was the very last part where Matt Damon shows up at their house and talks to the kid yeah I mean does that make sense I mean you could have put that in there but I could have done without the scene where he died yeah I Mm -hmm. was like is that that really necessary and then they like stayed on the kid for like 10 minutes. Like, yeah, we get it. He's sad. Yeah. Like, I don't need... <laughs> like, it's obvious like, how you would feel. They foreshadowed it earlier when he caught on fire the first time. Yeah. I could have done without it, though. That movie was so good. And then it like completely ruined for me in the last five minutes. Last 10 minutes. So I was very frustrated with that one. Very Forgot about that one, though. Dude, that, that movie was, good, though. was so freaking good. Very well made. I also really like movies with ca- like cars, like very nice cars. And I'm not like a very nice car, exotic car person. Well, they're just I, good to see in I movies. I like you know? watching. So like Fast and the Furious. I love those movies. Those are so freaking good. It has a good story too. But it's just fun to watch people drive cars extremely it is. fast. Especially just, when the, the camera work and stuff is done like it is in Ford yeah. versus Ferrari. Okay, I think Christian wanted to talk about like kind of a general like the decade. You know what I mean? Like what I mean, we obviously know some of the trends, right? Yeah. And kind of some of the changes that have been made. But I think it's interesting to talk about that, like some of the the shifts, basically, in terms of like movies. Yeah. Or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I came up with a list of five of the most defining movies. Of this past decade. Okay. We'll see if we agree. Yeah. And I have reasoning for each, but a lot of these are kind of either a reinvention of a genre or creation of a new genre in itself or a firm establishment of something. I'll just get into right. it. So these are Influential five on things after it probably that I think we will look back in future decades and say, yes, this was a key piece of the 2010s. Even if it was not a hugely popular movie at the time, I think that's, that's one movie we can look back and say, this was part of history. Number one, 
Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought this was a complete reinvention, like I said, of the superhero film genre, and it was just different. So uh, superhero films have been done for who knows how long. And in the 2010s, what I think this is a great example of is that a lot of times they're bringing back these old comics and kind of bottom of the barrel superheroes right and giving them their own timelines and films and series and everything and i thought it was just a really good film yeah and it influenced like we were talking about this before the podcast like four or five movies after guardians of the galaxy are basically made in the same exact style yeah. that probably i could argue would not have been made in that style if guardians of the galaxy the first one hadn't been made in 2014 yeah, and it showed that. I think it showed that people take superhero movies too seriously a lot of the time, and like, it kind of opened it up a little bit. There right? is like comedy to be found in superhero movies. Like, it doesn't have to just be like action and um, fighting the whole time, trying to save this. Yeah, this yeah. person or whatever, trying to save the galaxy in a lot of Marvel's situations, but that you can like, you can just make a funny superhero movie yeah and like mm-hmm. it, it can follow a plot but yeah it's a, and the peter cool character is interesting too because it's like he's not like the good good guy but he's not some like anti-hero like you know wolverine or something he's just a dude or like deadpool you know he's just a guy yeah deadpool's yeah. a great example uh the most recent spider-man yeah. series is another good example of using comedies but i think guardians of the that's galaxy a, that's a good one to pick almost a turning point in we can actually make something new in the superhero genre. Second film that I think is uh, a great defining film of the 2010s is Roma. I didn't see it. The yep, it won Best Picture uh, in 2018, and the reason that I chose this, other than winning Best Picture, is that it is produced by it was produced internally by netflix and so this right. was netflix mm-hmm. that was kind of one territory. of the first bigger ones wasn't it and yeah this is the point where people say okay these streaming services as their stand as their own standalone production studios need to be taken seriously and it kind of it, it a lot of these are turning points for something but this was a turning point yeah that's a good one to where they started cranking out all sorts of award-winning winning stuff from their own studio and it, I mean, they did a little bit before that, but Roma was the point where they said, okay, they're actually good at this. They're hiring people from the outside to go produce for them. And they haven't really turned back since. Yeah. 2020s will They're be full of Netflix, coming. Amazon. Um, what year did that come out? 2018. Okay. So that was number two. Number three... Maybe a surprise, but I think this is a you great... Keep... <laughs> <laughs> You're like the, the like... Yep. Uh, <laughs> Doctors hate this trick. What it is may surprise you. I think this is a great defining film of the 2010s. The Witch. Mm. Horror film. Was that by A24? Produced by A24. That's part of the reason why yep. I chose it. This was A24's turning point, and now they are firmly probably the most looked for production studio in terms of that thriller of that type. horror genre and that opened the door for two other huge films in the late 2010s um hereditary and the lighthouse mm-hmm. that a24 came out with and so once i think they it also because a24 has been around for a long time mm-hmm. and it, but it it brought the 
the attention to kind of general audiences like, oh, what's this like A24 thing? Yeah. You know? And it's there. there's always something, you can tell A24 films because there's always something just weird and almost like... A, Off a, a, in a good way? Yes, <laughs> an, an indescribable like grossness. Like one of the reviews that flashes on the screen for The Witch in the trailer is, uh, I don't remember which movie critic it was, but he said he felt like he was watching something that shouldn't exist. And that's exactly what it feels like watching The Witch. Mm. Um, yeah, so I just wrote down in my notes it pushed A24 into the space. It was a good standalone movie in itself, but the slight offness of the movie opened the door for so many other films, particularly A24. Now they dominate comedy, and now the kind of genre direction is determined by a24 like whatever a24 is putting out that's what everyone else is trying to do mm-hmm. number four get out i think that's i, I a, could guess that that was probably going to be on there yeah that was <laughs> so here's why i would argue that this is almost a new genre of film um it's described as a social thriller so it's a thriller but the kind of underbelly of what the plot is really about is about social issues. Um, and one note that I wrote on here was something that I took. I took um, like African diaspora and black studies in school. Um, and we learned that, you know, blues started as a creative expression of what is sometimes referred to as the black condition. And you see a new wave of films that are coming out that are exactly this. They're creative expressions of the black condition Mm -hmm. or other problems that minorities, different marginalized groups might face. And so a lot of times you'll see, yeah, this is just a simple story of, you know, what I experienced in my childhood in terms of racism, things like that. And it's just put on this big scale in this weird, freaky environment. Mm -hmm. Um, allegorical yeah and so several others have followed that are kind of that same genre us also jordan peele that's one of the notes in here is that jordan peele established himself as a director and he's not going anywhere well you say that (laughs) not that i don't think he is but a lot of times there'll be like a movie that comes out people are like this dude is the best new director and like the next two movies he makes suck and then you never hear from him again yeah. For like 10 years. I mean, you, you can't you, know I mean? you can't predict anything, but he is kind of he, he's, on he's fire there and he's got resources. When, when Us came out and it was good, that was like, okay, like he's... Yeah. So I've got Us, Antebellum. That's another one that's kind of... Yeah, that one seems interesting. And uh, to an extent, I think Queen and Slim, even though that's just pretty much reality movie, I yeah. do think there is kind of like a social... Um, dialogue to it it's it's mm-hmm. almost a uh it's almost like a a statement without actually making a statement you know there's nothing obvious and i it. like those better yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't like it when it's like this is what it's about see look yeah look at it. yeah and so you, know, you can see it, it one thing also that's kind of not even mentioned to this is the prevalence now of of black directors mm-hmm. and actually using self-experience in stuff and with the writers with the actors a lot of times they'll draw from self-experience rather than right right especially if it's a writer director situation where it's the same yeah person yeah. you know so that's my number four 
My number five, again, you have to count this as this decade, but 1917. Only from the point of this redefining what's possible with directing and cinematography. Right. It kind of set a new benchmark that was previously, you know, The Revenant. And then before that, it was previously, you know, Grand Budapest Hotel. Before that, it was Birdman. Right. Right. There's one that comes around every like two or three years where it's like, this is something yeah weird and so i think this will be talked about for many years maybe decades as one of the toughest movies to pull off and i think even if you know you weren't immersed in the storyline and anything else like that you have to give this thing credit on just how difficult and confusing it was to figure out from you know an outside standpoint you know multiple times people i was sitting around said how the heck did they film this how Mm -hmm. did they film that um and it also i wrote a note that it reimagined pacing that you don't necessarily have to uh what's what's the i'm trying to say you don't have to go at different paces to get your story out obviously this only takes place over eight hours and there's a reason that it was shortened a bit and the movie is in eight hours, but it, it kind of puts it out there that you can actually do a one-take type uh-huh. movie, and it would realistically make sense. Obviously, that doesn't fit every story, but... Yeah, yeah. You know, this show that it kind of is... Like, logistically possible, I guess. So it's possible. Mm. So, those are yeah. my five movies. I think those 2010s. are pretty good choices. Um no, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. As far as like general stuff, we were talking about this earlier kind of is like in my like new re- like research of like what happened or like which movies came out each year, you know? So like like 2010 to like 2013 or like to 2012, like every other movie seemed like it was either like a 3D re-release or some sort of like 3D like gimmick thing. That includes like the Hobbit movies, and so like looking back there, that was very hard to pick like a movie out of those years where it was like, oh, this is what's like really great. Like honestly, looking back, most of them were kind of eh, and that does happen some years. Yeah. But then when it got to like, I noticed 2014 and 2015 was when it started to be like, okay, now this is kind of more like where it is, and I I wouldn't give it to Interstellar even though it's probably a better movie, but I think that. Mad Max Fury Road kind of goes on that list too. Not because in and of itself it was anything. I mean, I, I know it was really good, but like the the amount of buzz that was around that movie and how people were talking about like, this is great. Because if you think about it, before 2015 or 2014, what movies were like Interstellar, Mad Max, whatever, yeah. where it was just extremely well made good cinematography, good story. And it it's just, it's so solid basically is the word, right? It's just so like well done. And now we get that pretty often. It seems like, especially going into now, like 2018, 2019. I mean, there's still movies that aren't that great, but like, if you think about 2018, 2019, yeah. how many movies can you count in your hand that were like, Man, that was just really solid. I mean, the standard's way higher. They're than kind of adding up, you know. 
Yeah. And I think we're in a very good time and I'm very excited for 2020. There's so many movies that are coming out that even some that I'm not even like that sure about, like maybe I've seen one trailer, but I'm still like that. Like, I'm so glad that we get this frequency of stuff now. Yeah. I think we're in a good time for that. Yeah. I think more movies uh, are going to take like the, I guess more of like a Marvel approach where they kind of string everything together. Um, almost like, or at least attempt, almost like a TV series where, um, like season after season, like more people will watch and then more people wait for the next episode. And so like, especially with like infinity war to end game where they like left you on this giant cliffhanger. Cause Which normally happens, or which used to happen, you know, Thursday night television, you have to wait till next week, Thursday, to see the cliffhanger. Well, now it's at the movie theater. A lot of people do that, but, um, I mean... Yeah, they took that sensibility and moved it to the movies. Yeah, I actually uh, probably watch a lot more of, like, TV and TV shows, especially now with Netflix um, and Hulu and... Disney Plus and all those kind of shows. Mm-hmm. Like we watched The Mandalorian the other day. Yeah. It's so it's it's stuff that you could make a movie out of, but would it fit better as a series? Yes. Yeah. And um, uh, and we're in a very good time for that now too because these high budget TV shows that are being made it's really good because like you said The Mandalorian is absolutely going to be better as a TV show slash yeah. miniseries thing. Well, I mean, how in many... the past, it could only be made as a movie because of the money. Yeah. Well, how many movies do you go see and you're like, oh, this would be better if you could pack more information into it? Like, I know like half the right. movies I go see, I'm like, this would be way better if they just added another movie. And yeah, like, like you could take the, uh, the Deathly Hallows part one and part two, for example, as like, a book That's a good that point. was this long story where they just cut it off in the middle at a point where they thought they could pick it back up and keep moving. And uh like stuff like that is uh is something that I think will especially with to book adaptations, right? Book adaptations. Yeah, books go easy much more easily into episodic. Yeah, like you know, well, shorter. And I mean so many books that you read, even if it's not like a series like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or something like like um, one that I can think of is like Ender's Game was so good, and then the movie like they leave out ha- they have to leave out so much stuff because they have to fit it into this time window. Yeah, and that was the situation to where it wasn't just like oh they left some stuff out. It made the movie bad because yeah. they left because out they left important so much stuff information. Out. Yeah. Well, and I mean it's it's to the point where you either you make a a season of something that's like six or eight episodes, or you make a six or seven hour movie and that's not yeah. feasible because no one's I mean sure would some people go watch a six or seven hour movie maybe but it takes up your entire day and you can't just like turn it on in the evening when you get home from work or something exactly. like that and watch it um, yeah I, so. I enjoy both and I'm glad we're in a place now where things can kind of get stuck in their more appropriate slot of you know what yeah. is this better suited for mm-hmm. well and I, I eight, feel eight like eight hours and separate or two hours when and done. Well, and some of the streaming platforms like Netflix, um, that's making something like Stranger Things, yeah. where they release them all at once and allow people to binge watch eight or ten hours of content instead of doing it in like a movie format. Um, I, I just feel like that 
works a lot better, in my opinion, anyway. Is that true for all movies? No. But, um, I mean, I know, like, some of the things that I've watched the most of in the past decade are, um, like, I've I've been watching Supernatural since, like, season one, and they're on season 15 now. Yeah. Uh, so I've been with that one for a long time. Um, I mean, I've been watching Riverdale with Jenny for the past couple years. Um, I watched Game of Thrones, which I, I was late to the party on, but... I still enjoyed it. Um, there's just so much more, more than you can pack into it. More a storyline oh, yeah. that you can build when you have episodic versus movies, and that's not true for everything. Doesn't need that, but uh, I don't know. I, I just prefer watching stuff like that, like Westworld. Westworld was great. I feel like HBO does a really good job with their their that style shows, so to speak. their yeah. TV shows, basically. But yeah. I think. Uh, in total, I think we're ending the decade, you know, we ended the decade way stronger yeah, than for it, sure. be- it begun. It Can was we talk about lost. Get Out for a minute? I didn't see it, so. You haven't seen it? No. Okay. Did you find that to be a thriller? Like when you watched it, Christian? Sorry, which one? Get Out. Uh, Yeah. I did not. I thought it was. Straight up scary? No, or- it was lackluster for what it was built up to be because like See, I mean, I, when that I might think, have been one that suffered when from i think of like a thriller it wasn't necessarily that it was overhyped but when i think of like a thriller i think of something like split that i'm like intense like the, like i'm mm-hmm. it's freaking tense the whole time and that one i mean it was just kind of like another movie i mean i don't know i thought it was kind of boring honestly like and i watched it once and was like at the end i i was like that's a thriller like that I wasn't that thrilled. I think Get Out might be one of those things where I'm not saying it's overrated, but I think it's one of those to where like it is good, but it's very different Mm -hmm. and it's almost better because it's different than its own merits. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad, but like, I don't know. I just, at the end of it, I was like, I don't think I want to watch that again. Mm -hmm. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't what I expected it to be as being labeled as a thriller. Like was right. it? Was see, it, I thought it was like super scary, so I didn't go to see it. No, not scary really at all. I mean, there's like one scene where you're like, "Oh, frick, he might die." Yeah. But other than that, I mean, it's really not that crazy. Something interesting though that we can't like we can't see now is because you were talking about you know, like some of those on your list, like you know, the ones. Like, what are the ones that we're going to be talking about 10 years, 20 years, 30 years in the future, right? And there's no way to tell exactly what those will be. And some will be remembered that shouldn't be, and some will be forgotten that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But generally, it's kind of like, in 10 years, 20 years, what are the movies from this era that we're still going to go back and watch? And it's really hard to tell. I think the you best predictor I mean? for that is... Which one has the lasting... Yeah, I think the best predictor for that is how social media latches on to it, too. And so, mm-hmm. 30 years down the road, we'll, we will remember everyone photoshopping pictures of Thanos. Right, like, right. Yeah, I, I remember when Endgame came out. Mm-hmm. There, there are a few that have gone beyond needing to be seen to be remembered. Yeah. Um, which is a new thing. Yeah. 
you know, that hasn't been there before. People talk about stuff. That is a new thing of this decade, right? Yeah. People talk about stuff so much now that half the people never see it, but they'll always know the memes. Yeah. (laughs) Which is really funny. (laughs) Or the the social support. Right. The social cues based around this thing, basically. Yeah. Shout outs to 21 Jump Street, though. That was a very good comedy. That's yeah. pretty good. What year did Borat come out? It's 2006. Yeah, Borat is early. That's the problem. There's certain movies like, ooh, this one, it came out in like 2008, <laughs> 9. Yeah. See, that's what's interesting, though. The end of the decade again. Do you know how many good movies came out in 2008 and 2009? Like a ridiculous amount. Yeah. Just like 2018 and 2019. Yeah. I, it's almost like it's not the end of the decade. It's like on a f- five or six year cycle. Yeah, where it's exactly. Like, where it's like, oh yeah, we're figuring this out, and this is a new style. It's like, here's of, new stuff, and then it's here's new like stuff and running out of steam. Like, okay, yeah, we'll just kind of follow suit on this stuff that's been successful, and then someone will come out and change the game yep. with a certain movie, and then it's like, okay, yeah, this is what we're gonna roll with for the next couple of years. That's exactly and what so, happened. So, uh, I don't know if maybe we're at that stage now, um, and so like the next couple of years are going to be. Uh, I think the next two Rough. years are going to be pretty good and solid. Dude, after and we watched 1917, like, I told you, I said, this might be one of the best years that we've had for movies. Yeah. Because man, I think about uh, 22, movies are going to kind of start sucking again. Yeah. Not that some of them don't now, but I think it's going to tend to kind of turn into like a pool of like, what well, are like, we kind of doing here? Yeah, and I mean, there were movies that came out in like 2014 or 2015 that we were like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we're almost like in that beginning stage again Yeah, right now. Yeah, so. But it all cycles through anyway. Yeah. And the way the industry changes and stuff. And now it's unfortunate, in my opinion, that Disney now owns Fox and so many other things mm-hmm. because they kind of, you know, there's going to be less movies made, essentially. People haven't discussed that, but if it's one company who owns it, they're not going to put out a movie to compete with themselves. Whereas in the past, there would be a Fox movie versus a Disney movie at the box office, so now there's going to be less movies total. I guess, but are you really competing with yourself? Or are you just making more money? <laughs> but they're not going to. You know what I'm saying? Like, If they have a stupid movie like Maleficent, are they going to release like a mid-level Fox movie? They might. Probably not. I mean, it it depends because if they're not competing, so like they wouldn't release like an animated movie and an animated movie at the same time. Right. But like an animated movie, they might release with like some action movie. Right. Where it's two completely different genres and it's going to hit two different target audiences, but they're still making money off both those movies at the same time. Right. So, And I'm not saying it's going to completely go away, but like just statistically, like there's there has to be some, you know what I mean? Because they now own Fox. Yeah. That's one less person to be putting out more creative stuff. Not that Disney doesn't put out creative stuff, but it's just, you know, it's kind of like the two heads are better than one thing. You know what I mean? It's just a more an, another opportunity for people, for another entity to put out different stuff. But now, because there's so many things like, you know, huge, ridiculous conglomerates like Disney... We've never seen stuff, well, we kind of have with like United Artists, but like the A24s and things like that, that actually do independent studios that get their movies into theaters and on streaming platforms for people to see. 
you know, and they're kind of filling that gap of those mid-range movies. Yeah, and I mean, with Disney buying Fox, like, I'm sure that a lot of people were unhappy with that decision and left, and there may be some more, like, independent, like, filmmakers out there. So, oh, yeah. So if they if they decide, hey, we're going to make another studio and we're going to make our own movies that we're going to be similar to what we were doing at Fox, <laughs> then there's your... I guess your problem solved. Right. In a way. In a way. Not necessarily 100%, but... but it's always shifting and changing. If you go back and look through, you know, history of movies over the past, like, 100 years, yeah. it's very interesting to see, like, you know, the movies shape the industry and the industry and the movies, and it all just kind of cycles through, and you get good years and bad years and, you know, yeah. new stuff, classic stuff that's always going to be good. And we get one... Um, what, if, what if they do that because if they just put out good movies all the time, people would be bored? That may be true. And so they're like, ah, oh, we got to give them a couple years with crappy movies so that when we <laughs> release a really good movie, they're like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing since Slice Bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the problem is it's extremely hard to make something. Oh, yeah. I mean, it takes a <laughs> And long. people forget that, it's especially not like now just, on the internet. It's yeah. not like it just takes like, a couple of days. Like sometimes mm. movies just get lucky and they just happen to be good because they had the right circumstances. Not saying they didn't work hard, but one little thing could have gone wrong and it would have been bad. Yeah. You know? I mean, they're typically what, two to three year timeline? Usually, sometimes yeah. much more. I mean, now we get one Avatar movie a decade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, Cameron. What did you say the other day about, uh, that there's like a movie coming out that was it's animated and you were like I think that one might have been in production too long. Oh, just now? No. It was it was the other day. It's that new animated movie from Disney. Oh, Onward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing seemed particularly bad about it, but it was like this one seems like it was one of those it kind of was stuck around in the production committee swirl for like a year or two too long. You know what I mean? Like Disney has been trying to make it and there's probably been like five different people attached to the project and now it's kind of like, here it is. Yeah. You is know? the one where... They're like elf people and their dad's like yeah. legs come back to life. Yeah. That one is just weird. Yeah. I feel like that one's going to kind of be of a, a, a miss. It's not going to be bad. Yeah. But... I feel like it doesn't fit their core Disney like regime that they're going for. And something else, what's interesting though, is when you look at the concept and some of the design and ideas behind Onward, you're like, oh, that's really cool. And it's kind of a guide showing you like, which is why it's really interesting to study movies like Waterworld, like the Kevin Costner movie where like they're on water. (laughs) But there's certain movies that are like legendary, like movies that went wrong. And when you watch like the documentaries they've made on them and saw like how it went wrong, it's extremely interesting because it's like the potential was like so high and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that happens. Yeah, I almost feel like when we see the trailer, like it, it could be that just the trailer they made is absolutely horrible. Yeah. But it seems like they were sitting in a room and they just started spitballing ideas, and someone was and no like, one said no. Let's make him where uh, their dad comes back. Except, except let's let's make him where he's only half. 
It's only his pants and his shoes, and they have to go like on this journey to try to find the rest of him. Yeah, that sticky note I'm where like, it said just his legs, what? that sticky note should have been taken off the ideas <laughs> board, but instead it got left there. The janitor picked it up from the trash and stuck it back on. That's I guess what it's better his legs than just his upper half of his body, though. Yeah. But no, it, it would have been It would have been more fun if it was just his head. <laughs> and it like and he, they carried around like the dude in God of War, <laughs> or like a sack. Oh man, I don't know, man. That movie just does not look very good. I don't. It, it's not. <laughs> I feel. I'll like, be curious to see like how it comes out. <sighs> I don't know. We should go see it just for the just memes. To see. <laughs> just just for the memes to go. All right, go the check best movie of the decade though is Cats. Hands down. Oh my God! Please shut your mouth. The most memeable movie of to, the decade to is in the podcast. <laughs> On that note, speaking of okay, joke talking about the water world thing and movies that are so interesting of how they went wrong. I want to see like the documentary in five years on cats. It's like cats colon what went wrong. You know. Well, if you want to hear more about cats, go listen to our Christmas episode. Um, Christian had talked about all of his cats that's that true. he's ever had. So yeah. went off on a very long tangent. <laughs> well, yeah, like a good twenty-five minutes of cats. It's which is quite comical, if I must say so. Okay, do y'all have any goals for the podcast for twenty twenty? I can come up with some. Do fifty-two episodes? Huh? I already said that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> An episode a week. Um, that's a good one, though. I don't know. We could end the podcast with that if you can come up with something real quick. Hmm. Uh, so mine for a, a um, I guess uh, a numbers goal anyway yeah. is uh, for us to hit like a hundred average listeners this year. What's the current average? Uh, well, lately it's been a bit lower, but it was around 30, mm-hmm. 31. So yeah, we got some room to grow there. To grow. But I think if we stay consistent with it, because that's been one of our problems, that I think we'll be good to go. Um, Especially since we've got some fun episodes, and if we all just kind of buckle down and promote it, I think we can do it. I think it's an attainable thing is to have... I think the frequency will help. I think the hardest part is going to be to get to 100. And I think from 100, we're going to get to like 1,000 in like half the time that it took us to get to a hundred just because of like word of mouth and people being like, Hey, I have this really cool podcast for yeah. you to check out. Um, cause so I don't know. Did I, I don't, I don't know that I said this the other day. I don't know. That I said this the other day, but my mom, uh, was listening to the Christmas episode. I think I may have already told you guys this. You told but, me, I think, but my mom was, I think I told you when we went to go see Jumanji too, but my mom was listening to the Christmas episode the other day. And she came in, she'd been listening to it on the way home from work, and she's like, hey, I listened to uh, the Christmas episode today, and uh, I just want to let you know that that if you guys could just get some people to listen to your podcast, y'all would be really successful, because you guys are hilarious. She's like, it's not even because I know you. Like, just the stuff that y'all say is so freaking funny. And, like, this may not be one of those episodes where we just, like, go off because, we, you know, it was pretty structured and we just talked about movies. Um, but most of the episodes that we do <laughs> it are seems like hilarious. It, it goes extremely structured, 
like a game or a very specific topic. So yeah. even the, the games next week, we're like, it. let's talk about alligators. We need to have games. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, even the games are funny. Like whenever we did, fun. whenever we've done, uh, what was the one that we did that Braxton wasn't here for? That you, it was your uh, investigative episode or something. I think where you talked about oh yeah are, our are pets, your pets firing on you, you. Oh, yeah. so we did that one and that was like a more serious episode well it's also most produced because, huh? <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah i'm not saying that an like incredible which story. i loved like that's great to have in the mix like yeah bring them on so, so maybe I, the cat's out of the bag <laughs> I forgot what that I need was. to listen to that one again okay but like that's not even one of our top episodes like in fact well, it's yeah, like people it's don't just, listen to it, it's but just like I middle, think that's the best episode. Uh, dude, I think it's really good, but it's just like a mid-tier episode. And like, McMonagle? It's, his it's, McMonagle? Nothing, it's nothing like crazy in terms of plays. So um, just the fact that like we have so much room to grow this year is exciting to me. I really want to do some merch, too, and like get some people excited. But like, I just want people to walk around. And people be like, "Hey, what? What's your shirt for?" And they're like, "Oh, it's this really cool podcast that I listen to." Yeah. So I just think I think uh, we have lots of potential. And it's for called. This I'm year. excited I'm to very, watch this. I'm very excited, huh? <laughs> That's for your stuff. I know. I'm joking. What What did you say today? I'll I'll remember it whenever it's I go just back good. and edit. It's just, it's good. just good, man. It's just, it's just good. good. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we need to make a a website and have a Shopify store where we. Um, make in it's just good shirt. It's just good. Uh, that would be that would be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a hundred is doable. I don't think it's not because, uh, I know me and Christian for sure both have over a hundred followers on like every social media platform. So why can't we do that for the podcast? I mean, it's not. Not that crazy of a goal. It's not like I'm saying we should go from thirty to like a thousand. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need to get your followers up. I don't have any followers. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to move and I was like, what am I hitting? I didn't realize that your feet were like over here under my chair. You're like hooked on. Oh man. Do you have a goal for this year, Braxton? Me personally? For the podcast. Um, I don't know. I want to do um. Or you personally? I, I need we can to talk get, about well, that we'll, too. No, we'll talk about that. In the we can talk next about episode. that next week. Yeah. Um. I want to do because I never did it last year, just because I was busy, I guess, or whatever. But um, I need to do like my, like, a few like produced episodes or whatever. For like on our different in, topics, our investigative episodes. Yeah, stuff like here? that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I need to do. Those will be fun. Because I like throwing those in the mix. Like those oh, are, yeah, for those sure. are a lot of fun to do. And is that a, a weekly deal? No, because we don't have like a giant production crew to yeah. edit all, every Especially week. when it's like, okay, this one will be really good, so we're going to put in the work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's it's. I don't think it's something that is uh, feasible to do every week. Could we? Yeah, maybe, if I we want to have no life and, yeah, you know, do all that. But um, yeah, dude, I like throwing those in there. Those are... Those are fun. I really enjoyed doing the investigative episodes. We didn't do enough of them, but Christian, what you got? Investigative episodes. Maybe get featured by a brand. So maybe try to tailor our content for stuff that could be shared. 
as in not to just random friends and stuff, but maybe like yeah, we could do some of those. Like one where it's specific, like the phenomenon of. I mean, that's that's, that's, that's more. Have to bleep all of that out because we can't give away our ideas right now. <laughs> Your idea is oh, too good. Is this going in? Yeah, some oh, of it. Shoot. I think. I just be talking, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I just be talking, man. <laughs> Your listener makes all sound I pay when you talk like that. You make a woman go mad. What was it that I said the other day that we were talking about on the way to go to Tyler to watch 1917? That was so funny. That Christian was oh. like, please say it again, say it again. Oh, oh. <laughs> you 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 used my voice of the SoundCloud thing, <laughs> but you said something else. I said the same oh, thing. Oh, was it Minecraft? I literally copied no. you. What? Venmo. Oh, Venmo. <laughs> oh, you that's what Venmo? it was. Do you accept Venmo? <laughs> <laughs> Yours is more Cleveland. Yeah, it is my very name close is to Cleveland. Cleveland Brown. <laughs> Can you do it the same voice, but just a little bit deeper? I don't know. My name is Cleveland Brown. Do you accept Venmo? I feel like that's not that deep. Not that deep. Do you accept Venmo? (laughs) That's (laughs) kind of more Hank Hill. (laughs) Do you accept Venmo, Bobby? No, because you were. I was like, how much? Do you accept propane? Oh, I never paid you for that ticket. Do you accept Venmo? Do you accept Venmo? No, I don't have one. Oh, frick, Braxton, why not, dude? Do you have Cash App? No, I don't have anything. Well, I guess the answer to my question is no. But you, you can get me back at some oh, point. Well. Uh, so yeah, I I think we've got lots of potential for this year. I'm very excited for this year for 2020, 2020 photo podcast. Um, with that being said, <clears throat> to help us get to that hundred listeners, uh, once again we this don't week, want your help. Once again no, this week, kidding. share this episode with five friends. Do it with five different friends this week, though, in case the ones last week didn't work out very well. Um, just, you know, just throw that out there. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Hope uh, maybe you learned about some movies that you uh, have not seen yet that you're like, hey, I should probably go watch that pretty soon. So uh, let us know if there's one that's uh, like a glaring mistake, one that we missed that you think deserves a Yeah, if there's one that you think... Uh, I'll tell you what. Tweet us at question at hand. Yeah, yeah. Or if Braxton wants to man in our Reddit page and be on the lookout for that, you can also uh do that on our Reddit page, and we'll we'll get a thread going, get a solid thread. Here's um, I have one last film. Okay, I'm going to invent a new genre called I watched half of it. And then accidentally fell asleep, but I feel like it could have made the list if I kept watching because I really did like it. <laughs> Which one is this? And that's Manchester by the Sea with Casey oh. Affleck. <laughs> okay. So if if that's on your list and that's what you're going to say, that's we've already I, thought about. Yeah, it. when when I watch the second half, that may make the list. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. But again, I've on only seen half of it. Leave us a review. <laughs> God. It was the first half, so don't tell me what happens in the second half. Leave us a review. Five stars is always appreciated. Uh, if we get a couple this week, we'll definitely shout those out for next week's episode. Um, other than that. But he's only seen half of it, so just yeah. be sure to... <laughs>